Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series in the Gospel of Matthew with this sermon entitled, Self-Delusion Exposed, preached on October 12, 1997. Spiritual delusion is the subject today. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then will I tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Spiritual delusion. This passage, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, is one of the most dreadful and terrifying statements to come from the lips of Jesus. It is a pronouncement of curse upon not the wicked pagans, they'll be judged, but upon the wicked professors of Christianity. Jesus began his Sermon on the Mount, you remember, by pronouncing blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger. And thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But here in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, the Lord Jesus Christ pronounced a sentence of final doom. Upon people who were deceived all their lives. In terms of their relationship to Jesus Christ. So this passage must alert each one of us. To examine ourselves. To see whether we are genuine Christians. Characterized by the blessings of the Beatitudes. That on that day, the day of our final judgment, we may hear the Lord Jesus Christ, our judge, say these words to us. Come, you who are blessed by the Father, take your inheritance. Kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Delusion expressed so we want to consider the expression of their faith which of course is delusion 
Not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is here giving a clear warning to all professing Christians before the judgment day. He is warning all Christians who make their profession of faith during their lifetime. That they are saying, their confession, Jesus is Lord, he is not enough. Their profession must be matched by practice of righteousness. Their confession, their Christian confession must be matched by Christian conduct. It is true, without this confession, Jesus is Lord. No one will enter into the kingdom of God. But here Jesus says, not all who so confess will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Christian must believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He must confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is divine, that he is God. That he is king of kings and lord of lords. That he alone is the savior. That he alone is the judge of the whole world. It is also true that the vast majority of people. As author A.W. Pink says. The vast majority of Christians. Confess the faith Jesus is lord. Are phony believers. And they will not enter into the kingdom of God. And this passage proves that statement. It is true. Such phony believers are very confident of easy entry into the kingdom of heaven. They seem to have great assurance of their salvation. They seem to have no doubt at all. That the judge would welcome them into everlasting happiness. Yet Jesus says who pass not all who are orthodox in doctrine will enter. In fact many will not enter. Oh they were confident of salvation while they lived. They were confident of salvation when they died. But the moment they died, their spirits did not go to the presence of God as that of Lazarus in Luke 16. Their spirits went into hell as the spirit of the rich man of Luke 16. In hell, they experienced great discomfort and torment and agony. And now on the day of judgment they were raised up with bodies and are brought before the judge of the whole earth, Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said about judgment. In John 5 and verse 22, the father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the son. And turn with me to John chapter 5. And let me read to you from verse 27. And he has given him authority to judge. That is Jesus Christ because he is the son of man. Do not be amazed at this for a time is coming. When all who are in their graves will hear his voice. 
and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live. And those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. Paul said in Acts chapter 17 and verse 31. For God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice. You see there is no justice in this world. No perfect justice in this world. But there is a day coming when judgment will be with justice and it will be done by the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says, for God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men, to all men of the whole world. What is the proof? By raising him from the dead. And the writer to the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 9 and verse 27. It is appointed for man once to die and then comes the judgment. So this passage Matthew 7, 21 through 23. The doctrine is eternal judgment. On that day they will say with confidence, Lord, Lord. They would say we are orthodox, we believe in the Bible, we believe in the creeds, we were baptized, we worshipped regularly, we gave, we were evangelistic, we were very active, we did a lot of good things, we have worked for you, we preached in your name, means by your authority, by your power, by your revelation, we cast out demons by your name. And we have performed not one miracle, but many miracles in your name. You see the easy confidence. They were counting on their orthodoxy and the multitude of their activities to get them entrance. But Jesus, remember, he said a good tree produces a good fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. The issue here is what type of a person are you? And that will determine the nature of your activity and the multitude of your labor for God. Lord, Lord. See the repetition, which means they were zealous and they were earnest. Lord, Lord, kurie, kurie. Which also means that we have intimate knowledge of you. We are your friends. You know us, don't you? (laughs) Well, in the book of Hosea chapter 8 and verse 2, we read, Israel cries out to me, O our God, we know you, we love you, we acknowledge you. But God says through the prophet, but Israel has rejected what is good. An enemy will pursue him. Delusion expressed. But now point number two, delusion exposed by the judge, Jesus Christ, the only Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords, God Almighty. He exposes their phoniness, their claim is phony. Well, you say you are orthodox. Well, read James chapter 2 and verse 19. James tells us this, you believe that there is one God. Good. 
Even the demons believe that and shudder. Demons acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Demons acknowledge that Jesus is the Holy One, true God. But let me tell you one thing demons will not do and cannot do is demons will not submit to him, surrender to him. They will not repent. They will not obey the Lord Jesus Christ. So James tells us faith without work is dead. Or I say justification without sanctification is no salvation. What matters in the kingdom of God is the character of the individual. The character expressed in the introduction of this sermon. The character of the beatitude. The spirit wrought character of the Christian. St. John in his first epistle exposes the phoniness of mere professors of Christianity. Let's turn to 1 John and chapter 1 and verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, notice the talk, the saying, the confession, the affirmation, the claim. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Look at verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now look at verse 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. And look at chapter 2 of 1 John and verse 4. The man who says, the articulate individual who stands up and with great confidence of firm orthodoxy. The man who says I know him. But does not do what he commands. Is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Oh, look at chapter 2 and verse 6. Whoever claims to live in him. Must. Must walk as Jesus did. And look at verse 9 of 1 John chapter 2. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. And turn to chapter 3 and let me read to you from verse 1 through 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Who will enter into heaven? People who have a relationship with the Father. People who have been born by the miracle of regeneration. By the mighty operation of the Holy Spirit. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us. Is that it did not know him dear friends. Now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And now verse 3 tells us, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That's authentic Christianity. Everything else is phony. Relationship. With our heavenly father produces righteousness. 
Entrance into the kingdom of God requires righteousness. Let me tell you, obedience will not get you to heaven, yet none enters into heaven without obedience. Spirit wrought, spirit produced righteousness. Turn with me to Matthew 5 and verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Or look at verse 20 of chapter 5 of Matthew. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter into the kingdom of heaven. If Jesus is truly Lord, then his disciples should submit to him and live by his law. Without holiness, no one shall see God. First, there is the imputed righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed to us freely. And St. Paul speaks about this in many places. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. And verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Now he says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Or turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. It says this. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, Jesus Christ. For us, wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So, if you are an authentic Christian, then you are a Christian who put your trust in Jesus Christ and his perfect righteousness has been put into your account, clothed with his perfect righteousness. But that's imputed righteousness. But there is something else also, which is called sanctification, imparted righteousness, that we who have been born of God, we who have been justified, to whom is given freely the divine righteousness of God, we live righteously before God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Or turn to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 and it says this 
And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Or turn to Ephesians. Let me read to you verse 8 and 9. Chapter 5 of Ephesians. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And then he says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Those who are saved by God, seek the will of God and do the will of God. It is their passion to please God. Yes, they are given free righteousness But they also do righteousness by doing the will of the Father. If you are a child of God, then you must ask the Father, Father, what is your will? And I want to do your will. Anybody can make a phony claim that I'm a Christian, that I belong to the Father, that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And yet, if he is not practicing righteousness... Is a phony and it will be exposed by the judge of all the earth. Let me tell you, Satan is called in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, Ho Anomos, the lawless one. His children therefore practice lawlessness. Children of God are righteous and practice righteousness. There is the difference. When we preach the gospel, when we evangelize. Oh, I know there are a lot of evangelists nowadays that it's discounted, watered down. Therefore, they have come up with a gospel that accommodates lack of repentance and a lot of sinning. And you heard the gospel, receive him as savior, but don't worry about receiving him as Lord. But that's not what the gospel God commissioned the apostle Paul to preach. Turn with me to the book of Romans and chapter 1 and verse 5. Through him and for his name's sake we received grace and apostleship. For what purpose? To call people from among the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. If you and I call our souls Christians, if we call our souls as believers in the gospel, then we are called to obedience, to render obedience to the Lord. Turn again, Romans 15 and verse 18. Listen to what St. Paul is speaking about his ministry. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. That is the essence of evangelism. Leading the Gentiles to obey God by what we say and what we do. Turn to Romans 16 and verse 26. Let me read from verse 
25. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that all nations might believe and obey him. The day is coming when people will express their delusionary faith and the judge of all the earth will expose that it is phony, that it is inauthentic, that it is synthetic. And so Jesus Christ in verse 21 of Matthew 7 tells us who are living here and now says, Now take my warning, examine yourselves and see whether you not only believe but do what I say. Jesus is Lord means we are his servants. Jesus is Lord means I surrender myself to his rule. I submit to his laws. I obey Jesus Christ in my daily life. And I submit to his law book called the Bible. When nobody is looking at us. When you get a telephone call from a pagan woman. And says come and eat with us. And you know what she has in mind. It is then, if you are a Christian, you say, no. That will show that you are an authentic Christian. Preaching and performing miracles do not prove authentic Christianity. You can turn to the book of Numbers. We find in chapter 22 through 24, the story of Balaam. And God used Balaam to prophesy correctly. The will of God. That doesn't mean Balaam was an authentic servant of God. Balaam was an apostate. And Balaam went to hell. Or look at Saul who was an apostate. But we are told even Saul prophesied. Or what about Judas? One of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you. If you look at Luke 9 and verse 1 and 2, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That means not only Peter and Matthew and Bartholomew, but also Judas Iscariot was given power to heal and to cast out demons and to perform miracles and to preach the kingdom of God. But he went to hell. Don't ever come to God on that day and say, I preached, I performed miracles, I cast out demons. Or look at Demas, a close friend who was a close friend of St. Paul. And I'm sure he preached with him and taught the gospel. And yet we are told Demas has abandoned me. That means not only the apostle but the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means he abandoned Jesus Christ having loved this present world. 
So let us understand that we cannot go to God and claim these various activities we did. You must become a good tree in order to produce good fruits. Or turn to Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 12. It speaks about certain people who see themselves pure in their own eyes. Yet in the eyes of God they are not cleansed of their filth. Or let's look at the parable of the two sons. That is given in the book of Matthew chapter 21. And let me read to you from verse 28 and following. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not. See, he didn't know how to confess. He's an honest guy. He said, oh, no, I'm not going to go. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. He knows how to confess orthodoxy. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. God is not impressed with all the multitude of our confessions. Unless that confession is followed by Christian conduct. It is not enough to simulate and feign piety. God commends the individual who did the will of the father. These phony people, they lacked a relationship with Jesus Christ, though they pretended to have known him intimately. The truth is, they lacked love for Jesus. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13, and let me read to you the first three verses. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, that's relationship, isn't it? I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. These phonies can be likened to the vast majority described in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let me read to you the first five verses. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers, notice, were all under the cloud. That they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. And drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Nevertheless. Listen. Nevertheless. God was not pleased with most of them. Not all. Who say to me Lord, Lord. Will enter into the kingdom. Nevertheless. God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Saying 
is not enough. So Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but Allah has strong adversity, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. You could look at Jesus Christ and how he did the will of the father. He said, it is my food to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it. Listen to him in his high priestly prayer in John 17. He tells God that he completed. He finished what the father wanted him to do. Saying is not enough. We must do. These people only confessed orthodox faith. They failed to practice. They did not do the will of God all their lives. Can you imagine that you can be a Christian all of your lives? And be deluded. And be deceived. And you expect entry. But you are kicked out. This is terrifying. That a person can profess Christianity all his life. And not enter into the kingdom of God. Who then enters the kingdom of God. On that day of judgment. Answer Jesus said the one doing the will of God. Of my father who is in heaven. Remember, Jesus answered the question. He asked a question. This was the question. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Matthew 12. And he answered that question. In other words, who is that person who is related to me? Who can claim relationship to Jesus Christ? And what was his answer? These ones who do the will of my father but these were phonies these were practitioners of lawlessness depart from me you workers of iniquity in the greek it is a present participle means you habitually were doing and are doing wickedness they never practice the will of god they habitually practice lawlessness and go home and read Matthew 13, 41 and 23, 28, it tells about anomia, lawlessness. They were not born of God. They never truly repented. They never trusted in Jesus Christ. They never loved the Lord Jesus Christ. They gave only mental assent to Christian doctrine. They did not have saving faith of trust in Jesus Christ. They believed in cheap grace. Forgiveness without repentance. They will read the book to look for blessings. They want the passages that speaks about God loves me. They believe in the gospel to get something from God by way of blessing. So they look for love and forgiveness. They don't want to hear a thing about holiness and obedience and repentance and judgment of God and all that. They read the Bible selectively. How many preachers are picking a text here and a text there that will make you feel good? Remember what A.W. Pink said, vast majority of evangelicals will never get in. Think about it. They preach the gospel of antinomianism. Antinomian means against the law. 
That's a contradiction, isn't it? If you say Jesus is Lord, you should obey his law. They preach the gospel of antinomianism. Believe in Jesus as Savior. You don't have to believe in him as Lord. You don't like submission and obedience. I know that. So just believe. Receive forgiveness. You don't have to repent. Just receive forgiveness. God is love. I understand you are indulged Western people. A lot of money. And you don't like these ideas. So don't worry about them. In fact, let me tell you, go ahead, sin more and more, that grace may abound. They preached about church growth at the expense of righteousness. They preached the gospel of lawlessness. They practiced lawlessness and preached lawlessness. They preached the popular gospel. Crowds were gathering. Vast amount of monies were collected. They built fine buildings. They were invited to appear on many popular TV shows. Then they had their own TV shows. They began to travel on Concord and stay in $2,000 a day hotel. They wrote books and promoted the gospel of lawlessness everywhere. They push people and they fall down and are very happy. You don't need to pray. You don't need to study the Bible carefully. You don't need to examine yourself. Why pray? The crowds are coming. The gullible and the naive are here. They want to laugh, they want to fall down, they want to feel good, they have visions and they have dreams. They claim healings and they claim miracles. They are quite sure that that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the judge of all the earth will admit them first before he admits me and anybody else into his kingdom. Then there is the surprise of their life the deluded expel oh they will see him on that day everybody will be raised up by his summons everyone will appear before him the father appointed judge oh they will even make their case they would say Lord Lord be him done a lot of good things for you in your name But notice Matthew 7 and verse 23. After all your talk and after all your defense, then I will profess to them, I will declare to them, and I will tell them. The word is homologeo. He will publicly and solemnly declare to them. Turn with me to Matthew 10. That word appears, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Whoever acknowledges me, that's the word. Whoever acknowledges me before men in this life, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Go ahead and make your defense. And talk about how many people you pushed down and how much money you collected, how many fine buildings you erected. Tell him about it. Tell him that you are tall. Tell him that you have degrees, you have great GPAs. Tell him you were in sports. Tell him, maybe he'll be impressed. Let me tell you at the end, verse 23 of chapter 7 of Matthew. 
It says, then I will profess to them, declare to them. He will publicly and solemnly and finally make this declaration. This is the sentence of doom from the judge of the universe. From the supreme court, not of nine, but of one. One judge, the son of God, Jesus Christ. There shall be no appeal of this sentence. Remember, he says, I never knew you. I, Jesus Christ, son of God, king of kings, savior of the world, the supreme judge. Never, who deputy, never, means you are not an elect, never, never knew you. In other words, I have no relationship with you. I have no loving relationship with you. You say you are Lord, I am Lord of you. That's what you said. But I don't remember that, that I'm Lord of you. You never had been my subject. What you said is funny. And the evangelist was very happy when you stood up and said, you received Jesus Christ. And he made some money out of it. But that's all. I never owned you. I never acknowledged you. I never saw you as my servant. You never did my will. You want to turn with me to the book of Amos. If you can find that, that's in the Old Testament. Amos chapter 3. And verse 2, you want to know the meaning of the word no. It is uh, used in the pregnant sense of love and choosing. And notice, you only have I chosen. The word is no. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. This is speaking about knowledge of love and choosing. Or look at Psalms, the book of Psalms and uh, chapter 1. And verse 6 says, For the Lord watches over the way of righteous, but the way of the wicked perish. In fact, verse 6 says, The Lord knows the way of righteous. Turn to 2 Timothy and chapter 2, where this word comes again about knowing. Chapter 2 of 2 Timothy and verse 19. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me. There is no confusion there. You are a phony. You say you know me, you love me, you have relationship with me. You say you call me Lord, but I don't know you. I never loved you. I never related to you. But notice here the Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord. Notice must what? Turn away from wickedness. You call me Lord. I never knew you as my subject. I never knew you in relation to me. Your profession is phony. It is without substance. In fact you hated my heavenly father. You did not seek his will. And you did not do his way. Now the word apokarete. Depart. Apemu. From me. Now that is what you find in Psalm 6. In the Septuagint. And verse 8. If you turn to Psalm 6. And verse 8 tells us this. 
The righteous says this. Away from me all you who do evil. Delusion expressed. Delusion exposed. And the deluded are expelled. Let me tell you blessing. Is to be with Jesus Christ. In his presence there is fullness of joy. That's what eternal life is all about. To be granted entrance into his presence so we can be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. To be sent away from Christ is curse, it is damnation, it is hell. Apocorate, it is a command from the king of kings, the judge of all the earth. It means go far away from me. You notice in verse 19, every tree that does not bring forth good fruit will be cut down and cast into fire. Or... Matthew 25, listen to verse 41. This horrible word, this terrible word, this dreadful word. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed. Into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It's a terrible thing to have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. But ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. So he says, you are practitioners of iniquity. You are not clothed in righteousness. You stand stripped naked in all your filthiness. You are of your father, the devil, the lawless one. What a surprise. What doom. What disappointment. What pain. What curse. What damnation. What despair. What anguish. Let us apply this to us. This is the doctrine of final judgment. And therefore, let's pay attention to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. Examine yourselves and see whether you are in the faith. And let's pay attention to St. Peter. Second epistle of Peter chapter 1 verse 10. Make your calling and election sure and I say let us join the psalmist Psalm 26 and verse 2 let's pray this prayer test me O Lord and try me examine my heart and my mind or let's turn to 139th Psalm and pray the words the last two verses of that psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let us get out of irrationalism and emotionalism and feel-good mentality and anti-doctrine Attitude. Don't teach me doctrine. Tell me things that will make me feel good. Prophesy smooth things. Tell how nice I am. How great I am. Let us be delivered from a gospel that is irrational, that is simply emotional. Let us get out of the habit of picking and choosing the Bible to understand cheap grace. God loves me. He forgives you. Isn't that his business? He always forgives you. 
If you want to evangelize, brothers and sisters, tell the truth. As Jesus Christ is here telling the truth. Tell them that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he calls us to the obedience of faith. Surrender to him. Repent truly. Believe and trust in him. And seek out what pleases the Lord. Salvation is by grace. Through faith. But grace is not cheap. It is a grace that causes us to love his law and do his will. Then if this is true of us, then on that day he will acknowledge you and welcome you. And grant you entrance into his kingdom of eternal life and happiness. And and he'll tell us, come. You who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Amen. And I say to every one of us to examine ourselves and see whether we are mere professors. Look and see whether there is a 400 horsepower engine. See whether you are effectually called, born of God given divine nature and loves God and able to say I delight to do thy will hallelujah Hallelujah. think about that or is it because somebody pushes you and somebody pulls you and you are being pushed and pulled you have no power within you power of the spirit of the living God power of the divine nature think about that and then call upon God that's why he said, verse 21 to us, Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, that is now, tell him to help you. Hallelujah. Tell him to put an engine in you. Hallelujah. A powerful motor. Tell him to change your character. Tell him to make the tree good. And then the fruit will be good. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. Heavenly Father, Help us. Heavenly Father, try us, test us. Heavenly Father, examine us. And help us to examine ourselves. Help us to make our calling and election sure. Because one day we will die, maybe today. And we will have to face you. And we want to hear, come, blessed of the Father. Hallelujah. Take your inheritance. Praise you, Lord. We want to be with you. In your presence there is fullness of pleasure. Hallelujah. Everlasting joy. Grant us therefore assurance of salvation that is authentic and not false. For we pray in Jesus name. Amen.